I wasn't there when he preached up on the mountain. I didn't see, I didn't hear, but I believe I was. When he taught them how to pray, I wasn't there. When he calmed the raging storm, I wasn't there. When you fed the five thousand, I didn't see, I didn't hear, and I believe I wasn't there. When he died out on Calvary, I wasn't there. When he rose from the grave, I wasn't there. When he
There was a blind man that could not see. He gave him back his sight. Yes, I believe. He rose from the grave with all power. With all power. All power in his hands. Do you believe it? He did it for me. 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 He did it for you. He did it for me. Oh, yes, he did. One of these old days, and it won't be long. You'll look for me. Oh, and I'll be gone. Hey. I'm going up to heaven. Oh. Heaven. Where I can sing and shout It'll be nobody there Nobody, nobody there. there to put me out, yeah I got a rope, oh yeah You got a rope We all gonna get together One of these old days I didn't see I didn't hear but Lord, 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 I believe I didn't see, I didn't hear, but I believe. I, I believe, I believe He's coming back. I believe He's coming back. Do you believe it? Do you believe he's coming back? You better get your house in order. You better get your business straight. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Every day. I'm making preparation. Time get hard. Time get rough. The going gets tough. 
But every day of my life, every day, I'm trusting in your name. Yes, Jesus. Put it all in your hands. Oh, all in your hands. I didn't see. I didn't hear. But I believe. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. I didn't see, I didn't hear, but I sure enough believe. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah to your name. The fact that we, um, that we woke up this morning, that's the reason to say I believe. The fact that we had, as the folks used to say when I was a little boy, a reasonable portion, portion of our health and strength. That's the reason to say I believe. The fact that um, you know that there were times that you've been challenged in life. And somehow, some way, God brought you through. That's reason to say I believe. I can only speak for myself, but I, I haven't dotted every I. I haven't crossed every T. And most of the time when I didn't, it's because I didn't even want to. And yet, the Bible says that he loves us in spite of ourselves. See, the Bible's very clear. He doesn't, he doesn't respond to us in like proportion to what we really deserve. He responds to us with love, grace, and mercy. Now, he's a just God. He's going to deal with your sin, but he's quick to forget our sins. Matter of fact, the Bible says that when we sin and we ask for his forgiveness, not only does he forgive our sin, the Bible says he casts our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. See, God always forget what he's already forgiven. You'll remind me of what I used to be. But you're not going to send me to heaven or hell. So I really don't give a flip what you think. Quite honestly. You're not, you're not sending me to heaven. You're not sending me to hell. God is. And the Bible says he tempers his anger. He tempers his anger with mercy. I believe. Father, we thank you now for this opportunity to preach your word and just use me as you will, Lord, that you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give this choir a hand on this morning. Thank you, men. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, everybody. Amen. To God be the glory. Church family, we're going to go quickly to the book of Galatians. Uh, the fifth chapter, verses 22 and 23, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And you don't really have to go in your Bible because it's right there. If you don't really want to look, you can just look up. It's right there. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. This is um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church uh, in Galatia and um, this is what he says. I'm going to read this from the New International Version. I might read it from both. But anyway, from New International Version, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, and self-control. And then it says, against such things there is no law. In other words, if you are living and operating and displaying these gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruit, the collective fruit of the Holy Spirit, there, there's no law against that. There's no judgment. Nobody's going to be able to bring a charge against you because you're walking the way of Christ, right? So just for a few minutes, let us, um, let us reason together from this thought. If it's in you, it's coming out. If it's in you, I got to be careful this morning because I'm preaching to myself first. If it's in you, it's coming out. I think most of us will agree that, um, that our bodies are truly remarkable. Amen? Your human body is a remarkable thing. So many things in life that man has created is based upon how God created the human body to function. I think sometimes we forget that, that we are just more than a product of our biological parents coming together. Uh, we are fearlessly and wonderfully made by an all-wise and all-powerful God who made us specifically in his own image according to uh, the second chapter of Genesis. God made everything, the birds, the fish, the plants. He made it all. He made the angels. God made the devil. He didn't make him the devil. He made him Lucifer, an angel, but he got big head and God kicked him out of heaven. But we human beings, we are the only one of God's divine creations that he specifically says that we are made in his own image. So whoever you are, you're exactly who God intended you to be. Amen now. In God's awesome, perfect design, he made our bodies capable of taking care of themselves, that is, if we don't abuse them. I'm guilty of the abuse part. For example, when we get certain types of viruses, our bodies, uh, the cells inside of our bodies, are already pre-programmed uh, to attack and kill viruses and purge them out of our bodies. That's why you get colds and, and fevers and sweats and all that stuff. Sometimes that's just your body purging stuff out of you that you don't need in you. Our bodies do all they can to get rid of bad stuff that's in us. When our bodies can't fight off bad viruses by themselves, then God has given us information. He's given us information about the way our bodies function. We call this information medical science. Amen. And we use medical science to help us heal our bodies. Amen. I, I've been talking about, and I'm talking now, right, about uh, how God has designed our bodies to function naturally. Now let's switch gears for a second and talk about how God has designed our bodies to function supernaturally. Amen. Uh, Ronald Salem, we, we know that I'm preaching a sermon series uh, that I started a few Sundays ago, and the sermon series is just simply called the Holy Spirit Series. Um, in this series that I've been preaching for the last couple of Sundays or so now, I, I want us to know who the Holy Spirit is, I want us to know what he does, and I want us to know how we engage with him, how we come to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. In the first sermon, I shared that there were three ways that God the Holy Spirit helps us in our daily lives. And here they are again. First of all, the Holy Spirit uh, helps us by convicting us and correcting us from our sins. Number one, that's the first way he helps us. Second thing he does is that he gives us the power to live holy. That's the second thing the Holy Spirit does. And then the third thing, the Holy Spirit blesses us with spiritual gifts 
that we can use to be a blessing to others. Let me say those three again. First thing the Holy Spirit does, he convicts us and corrects us from our sins. He gives us power to live holy. And then he gives us spiritual gifts so that we can bless other people. Amen. Last Sunday, I talked about how the Holy Spirit convicts us uh, and corrects us from our sins. Today, I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit helps us to live holy. When we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit immediately comes to live within us supernaturally. A change begins to take place in us. Amen now. The moment you say, I accept Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I, I, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that you were raised from the dead. Then you are saved. And immediately the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. And a change, a supernatural change begins in us. The reason why the change happens is because when the Holy Spirit lives in us, he empowers us with his fruit. Amen. What is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's what we see right here in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. The amplified version of the Bible says, the Holy Spirit's fruit is love, joy, joy is gladness, peace, patience. Patience means having an even temper. God knows I need more of that. All of us do. Patience means having an even temper. Amen. Uh, uh, kindness, goodness. Goodness is the same as benevolence. When we as a church family give to individuals, when we give to organizations, when we give to causes, that is goodness, and that's the same as benevolence. Matter of fact, Ronald Salem, you know, we actually call our giving that we share with people in the church and with the community our benevolence fund. Another gift of the, another fruit of the Holy Spirit is faithfulness, gentleness. Gentleness means humility. And then self-control. Self-control is just simply self-restraint. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is the work he does on the inside of us that helps us to live holy. Amen. A few minutes ago, I talked about how God designed our bodies naturally to purge out viruses or any bad things that get inside of us. I'm going to tell you now that God has also designed our bodies supernaturally to release all the fruit of the Holy Spirit when we get saved. Here's how it happens. We accept the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us with his fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit begins to change how we think. The fruit of the Holy Spirit begins to change how we speak. What, I, mean, I mean, literally what words we say from day to day. We think about the words we're going to use before we use them. Amen. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit begins to change. The fruit of the Holy Spirit begins to change what we do, our behavior over time. Doesn't happen for everybody at the same time. Some folks get saved and, and, and within two weeks they're ready to preach. Some folks get saved and within two weeks they're ready to be a deacon. Some folks get saved and within two weeks they're ready to head up the motherboard or whatever other auxiliary you have. In it doesn't work like that. It's a process. Sometimes, and, and here's another thing, church family, let me say this to us. Don't judge folks based on where you are in your spiritual walk. See, because you could get saved today, and within a month or a few days or a couple of months or a year's time, some really terrible, sinful habit in your life, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, may be completely eradicated. 
and then there's somebody else. It might be a couple, three years. And the first thing we say as church folks is, well, yeah, I knew it won't nothing to her. I knew it won't nothing to him. They said they got saved, but they ain't saved. Look how they living. Everybody still has to deal with this flesh and, and the pull and the struggle. The Bible says there's a war between the flesh and the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself had a war raging in his own self between the flesh and the spirit. That's why he had that moment of, of fighting and struggling in the Garden of Gethsemane when the man, the natural Jesus, didn't want to go to the cross, but Jesus, the God that he was, said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. So my point is, my point I'm simply making is, don't judge people by where you are in your walk. Amen. And there's another passage of Scripture that says that if you are, if somebody is, falls into a sin, falls into a, a, a way of sin, and I'm going to read that Scripture later on, says we got to be careful that those of us who are full of the Spirit, we're supposed to restore that person. But be careful unless you find yourself in the same situation. Amen. So, so when the Holy Spirit comes within us, and, and he begins to dwell in us, and that change, the fruit of the Spirit begins to change us. It will change how we think, it'll change the things we say, and it'll change what we do over time. And what'll happen is our living holy will become our normal way of living, and sin will be the exception. Amen. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about what a loving, peaceful, productive world we could have if most people were empowered by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What a greater blessing we could be if we will allow the Holy Spirit to have his way with us and we could bless people even more. And, and while I'm talking about blessing people, I've already, we've already uh, recognized uh, that the infield Rapids uh, chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated is worshiping with us today. And I, I, did, I want y'all to know that I've, I've known about the Deltas for years, and many of you all too, you, you've got family members and friends who are Delta and you know, maybe you're in a, a sorority or fraternity, so you know something about the histories of the Delta. But, but the Deltas over their history, they have blessed hundreds of thousands, perhaps even millions of people through their public service work. And I, and I did some research and I found out that there are nine jewels or nine attributes uh, that, that Delta women aspire to and aspire to share with other people. Here are the nine jewels of Delta. They are compassion, courtesy, dedication, fellowship, fidelity, honesty, justice, purity, and temperance. When a Delta woman walks in the spirit of her sorority, I believe she should be displaying uh, all of those nine jewels at different times in her daily life. Well, let me go further than that. Let me get a little bit deeper with this. I know the Deltas who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they're going to agree with this statement. The spiritual attributes of God are even greater than the natural attributes of man. Amen. Amen. Now, in other words, in other words, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is so powerful that it doesn't just stay within us. It shows itself on the outside to everybody around us. A real Christian, a sincere follower of Jesus Christ, doesn't have to announce who she is when she comes into a room. Church family, Ronald Sam, y'all have heard me say this before. You know, you don't have to tell people who you are because that fruit of the Holy Spirit is going to come out of you. Folks going to see that you're different. A real follower of Jesus Christ, a real Delta sister follower of Jesus, doesn't need a cross around her neck. 
She doesn't have to wear a, a Jesus bracelet on her wrist. She doesn't need to have a fish symbol on her car. Now, if you do any of them things, I ain't talking about you. That's all right. I'm just simply saying it ain't necessary, but if you do, you roll how you roll. That's all right. That's all right. No, no, but, but, but if the Holy Spirit is inside of her, a real Christian won't be able to hide the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Those nine spiritual attributes, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, they will be on full display at one time or another if the fruit of the Holy Spirit is in you, it's coming out. If the fruit of the Holy Spirit is in you, William, it's got to come out. And as Ronald Salem has heard me say before, we may not see all that stuff coming out of you at one time, at the same time, but we got to see some of it coming out sometime now. Sometime or another, we got to see some of that fruit display itself if you really have the Holy Spirit working with you. L let me share a few verses that tell us how the fruit of the Holy Spirit empowers us to live holy, and then, and then I'm going to be finished. Love is one of the fruit of the Spirit. The book of 1 John, chapter 14, verse 6 says, So we know and rely on the love of God, on the love that God has for us, because God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God lives in them. Amen. Joy and peace are fruit of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15 and 13 says, May the God of hope, uh, May the God of hope empower you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Patience and kindness are fruit of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6 says, Impurity, understanding, patience and kindness in the Holy Spirit and in love. Goodness is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Gentleness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 6, verse 1, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, those of you who live by the Holy Spirit should restore that person with gentleness, but watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. Amen. Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, self-constraint. Amen. Whatever is in you and me is coming out. People curse. People lie. People get angry, people steal, people bully other people. Folks are jealous and envious of each other because that's what's in them. That's why that mess comes out, Juan, because it's all up in them. It's all up in all of us until we come to know Jesus. It just may not show as, 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 as often in you as it does me, but it's going to show because it's all up in you now. Amen. But when we give our lives to Jesus... The Holy Spirit will come inside of us. He will dwell within us supernaturally. And the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit has to come out. The Holy Spirit will change the way I think. I used to have some really wicked thoughts, and you've had some wicked thoughts too. Still got some raggedy thoughts sometimes. 
But the Holy Spirit will convict you quickly and say, stop thinking that. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is not going to stop you from thinking it, but he will speak to you and say, stop thinking that. That ain't how you're supposed to be thinking. Amen. The Holy Spirit will change the way we talk. And it ain't just cuss words, because some of us say some wretched stuff, and we ain't cussed yet. Some of us got some sharp tongues. We know how to insult folks. Some of us do that nasty, nice stuff. We got that down to a science. I could stand there and talk to you and be insulting you the whole time, and ain't nothing I say sound bad to you. You get away and say, did that person just insult me? But the Holy Spirit will change that. He'll change that. The Holy Spirit will change our behavior. You won't keep doing the stuff you used to do that's wrong if you let the Holy Spirit have his way. I'm not saying you won't still be tempted. Yeah, when that phone rings at 12 o'clock at night and you see that name and you know it's somebody you don't need to talk to, yeah, you're going to want to still talk to her. You're going to want to still talk to him. But the Holy Spirit will tell you, you know what happened the last time. You want to end back up? And have to start all over again. Put a block on that Negro's name. When you see her in the grocery store and she say, you know, I- I'm free tonight. Tell her, no, I know I'm not. I got to go to church meeting. I-, I got to go conference meeting. I got to go to choir rehearsal. Tell her anything. The Holy Spirit will make you think these things. I'm serious now. The Holy Spirit will convict you in such a way that it'll make you rethink doing stuff that's wrong. Amen. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is not just to help us live holy. The fruit of the Holy Spirit also makes us a blessing to somebody else. See, because your sister or your brother may be struggling in some area of her life or his life, and they trust you, and y'all have got a close enough bond that they can talk with you. And so because of the Holy Spirit inside of you, what are you going to do? See, it used to be the time you would say, yeah, girl, go on over there. Yeah, dude, go on around there and pick her up. You'll say, nah, nah, brother, you, you, don't, you know you don't really want to do that. You'll say to your sister, nah, girl, you know, you, you know you need to leave him alone. You know he's just bad news all around. He can't do nothing for you. He can't pay no rent. He ain't got no car. If y'all start talking, you're going to have to pay the cell phone bill so he can text you. The Holy Spirit will make us a blessing to other folks. I always say we, 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 I thank Jesus for the Holy Spirit because Jesus told the disciples, he told the apostles, he had to go away before the Holy Spirit would come. So thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. But we always have to end by thanking God for Jesus. Amen now. Because Jesus is the one that loved us most. And Jesus is the one that loved us best. And Jesus is our example of what it is that whatever is in us is coming out. Amen now. When Jesus walked around on the earth and he went around laying his hands on people that were sick and afflicted and he was healing them, that was his goodness, that was his kindness, and it was com- that was his love, and it came out of him, amen? It was in him, so it had to come out. When Jesus saw folks who were uh, perhaps those that other folks said they were the scorn and, and they, were, they were people that shouldn't have been touched and they were, they were the low-class folks according to man, but Jesus went to dinner with them. Jesus had lunch with them. Jesus went to their house. Jesus showed that he had a love for everybody. It was in him, so it came out. When Jesus let the folks get him before he went to the cross, took him to Pilate's judgment hall, and they beat him, and they cursed him, and they lied on him. 
But Jesus endured it all with patience. He endured it because he was thinking about all of us. It was in him and he let it come out. When he got up on that cross, they nailed his hands and they nailed his feet to that cross. And Jesus just took it. He could have called legions of angels to come down off that cross anytime he got ready. He could have spoken a word and everybody there except for the ones he wanted to would have fallen dead. But because he was thinking about me and you, Marcel, he just stayed there and endured it. Love was in him. Patience was in him. Kindness and goodness and mercy was in him. So it had to come out when they took him off that cross. Amen. And they put him in a borrowed tomb and he stayed there all the rest of Friday. He thought about everybody in this sanctuary. When he stayed there all Saturday and all Saturday night, he did it out of love, thinking about everybody here. He was even thinking about little Ade. She's a little girl now, but she's going to grow up one day. Jesus stayed there Saturday night thinking about Ade. But early on Sunday morning, early on that Sunday morning, the power of the fruit of the Holy Spirit was in Jesus, and it came out. That's why he got up with all power in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that's why he shares that power. He shares his, you think about it, church family. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. And Jesus is the Father. And they're all three the same. The power of the Holy Spirit is Jesus sharing his power, Brian, with you and me. That's how much he loves us. That he would share his power with us through the person of God, the Holy Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit inside of us that empowers us to live holy. And it empowers us to be a blessing to somebody else. Come on, give God a praise for the fruit of the Holy Spirit.